<laughs> Hello there. Welcome to Movie Trailers Trash or Treasure. My name is Brittany and I am here with Manny. Mr. Manny over there. That's right. Yeah. And today we're going to talk to you a little bit about a new project that we are working on. Uh, a new, new little series that we want to start recording and sharing. And this is a podcast where we are going to be looking at movie trailers and comparing them to the films that come out um, and determining whether or not they're doing their job, right? That's right. Because oftentimes we look at trailers beforehand and we get so excited over films, over what's to come in a feature. And then we watch the movie, forget all about it. Mm -hmm. Forget that it ever happened. Forget mm -hmm. that that was the amuse-bouche, as the French would call it, an appetizer as far as tra uh, what we're going to see in the feature film. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. do it well, and some do a horrible job. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. the trailer's better than the movie. <laughs> 100%, <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to looking at some examples of those, too. Yeah. Yeah, but how many times have you seen a trailer and got super hyped for the film? Been, yes. become very excited very eager waiting for the next trailer to come out even so you can see more about it and then you end up sitting in the theater and watching the film and realizing that you had no idea what it was even about so i i like one trailer and two and three just seems too much i i, I want to still be able to enjoy the film mm. and unfortunately i have a first world problem where i, I have mm. to analyze these things mm -hmm. and i have to take a look at them beforehand mm -hmm. so it, it kind of, it's the bane of my existence right now. And you're talking about the quantity of the trailers? Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, we, we live in a day and age where we don't just get a trailer. We get a teaser trailer and then sometimes even a snippet for the teaser trailer. Mm -hmm. And so it's the trailer's going to drop in five days and then the teaser and then the trailer drops. And by that time, you've, you, you're like sick of it. Mm -hmm. and, and then you have the second trailer, mm -hmm. third trailer, mm -hmm. international trailer, and TV spots. Mm -hmm. And to add on top of that, if you're someone who's regular go regularly going to see film in the theater, you are getting exposed to these trailers over and over and over again sometimes. So this is kind of talking about the opposite spectrum of being influenced by a trailer. There's the trailer where you see it once and you're hyped and you're excited and you're eager for the film and then there's, oh my gosh, how many times am I going to watch this trailer? How yeah. many times do I have to watch this trailer? It's being shoved down my throat basically. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. To the point where you memorize it and then once the actual film comes out, you want nothing to do with it. Yeah, or, or you realize that there are some inaccuracies that you were sold that are not part of the feature anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with this podcast, we're going to be looking at that a little bit more in depth. Yeah, and, and what's really fun about it is we're not just going to be looking at current films. We're also going to be looking at classic films, favorite films, and everything in between because it's important to note the way the industry has changed throughout the decades and how they promote films. It was going to be fun to contrast a current feature film versus something that was done in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. in the 90s, and maybe even in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so it, it gives us a broad spectrum on, on how films are advertised to us. Mm -hmm. The tactics that are used to get people to get in, buy the tickets, buy the film, rent the film and actually watch it yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and i'm one thing that i think would be really interesting to look at too is how many people are going to the film and then what their opinions are after they see it 
Of course. So, like, I know we'll be looking at, like, box office sales and whatnot, but I'm also curious uh, when they look at the statistics of who went and who sat through the whole thing. <laughs> like, for example, Matrix Reloaded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just interesting to see. It'll be interesting to look at that kind of stuff as well. Also, just uh, films that maybe didn't do well in theater and then became cult favorites. Mm, oh, cult yeah. classics. Oh, there's a couple on our list for that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe the trailer didn't do the job, and that's something that we're going to be looking at. Oh, yeah. Or just totally disconnected. And deceiving the viewers, thinking they're going to get something that they end up not getting at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, we're going to start off this lovely conversation uh, talking about a film that is near and dear to both of our hearts. We're going to start talking about M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Yep. Signs. Released in 2002 from Touchstone Pictures from... Uh, like like Brittany just mentioned, M. Night Shyamalan, who had already had two major hits in the can with Unbreakable and with um, The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense, thank you. Well, for some reason, I was just about to say, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I don't know why. That, that's, uh, no, not a little off, way <laughs> off. <clears throat> so it uh, released in on August 2nd, 2002, PG-13, uh, almost uh, a little bit under hour, three quarters of runtime. And some some interesting notes is that this is act while it was directed and written by M Night Shyamalan. One of the producers on here is a name a lot of people will recognize and a lot of people love to hate nowadays. Kathleen Kennedy. Mm, can you tell us more about Kathleen? Kathleen Kennedy? Kathleen Kennedy is the current president of LucasArts Films over at Disney. <gasps> oh, so she's a big name right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of people are not happy with the direction that they've taken Star Wars in, <laughs> and this is where we're at. And so it's interesting to see that she was part of part of this project mm -hmm. uh overall uh not too bad um it it had a it had a very modest budget which i thought i had on here oh no i do have it on here. 72 million and it was able to actually do uh 408 million dollars to met um worldwide just a little bit under 228 million domestically so okay so is that like it, from its entire um a career while it's in right. the, while it's in theater. Yes. Okay. So what was that number one more time? Four hundred. Four hundred and eight million worldwide. Worldwide. Okay, and its budget was seventy two million. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, not bad for mm -hmm. for a film of that of that caliber. Um, you got your money back. Mm. And at more. least, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. You, so you I did like to well. look. I like to look at that as so seventy two million in comparison to four hundred million. Yeah, profit. and and it um it continued on M Night Shyamalan's run with films. Uh, and and he kind of a lot of people felt like after this uh, he stumbled a little bit. Uh, there's there's mixed reactions for the village. Obviously, the happening was not happening. Well, did Lady not happen. Water. Lady in the water mm -hmm. should have stayed underwater. Oh no! And he, here we are. <laughs> but it, it it's um it, it has mixed reviews overall. Um, Rotten Tomatoes four signs keep it at a certified fresh 74 percent 74 percent wow okay. and for a film for a thriller horror type of film that's i think that's very that's, very well on rotten tomatoes specifically that yeah. is extremely well that's not common at all for the genre so so i i um audience score for that 67 percent and it is actually on par with imdb um, audience scores of 6.7 6.7 on yeah. imdb mm -hmm. wow, interesting okay yeah, I, I expected a little bit of a higher score. Not okay. yeah. Okay. I mean, and I think it's gaining a little bit more notoriety now. 
mm-hmm. people get, can appreciate it a little bit more mm-hmm. for for what it for what it did. Well, I will say, as M Night Shyamalan starts to make a comeback with these films that he's been making, like The Visit that came out a couple of years ago, and then we have Old coming Old out. Old coming soon. up, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, his name come up in conversation more. And yeah, yeah. to visit those films again. Yeah, the, the thing is, he's swung and missed pretty hard a couple of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. with the writing with the last Airbender, and yeah. with the the what was that movie with Will Smith? After After Earth. Yeah, see, I'll admit I never watched it. Yeah, but I mean, if you're not going to try things, if you if you're not going to, uh, you know, attempt to make art, it's not all going to work out. That's what I was about to say. Is that if you're an artist, you ha- it's it's expression, it's creative expression, and if you're in a situation where you're not able to do that kind of creative expression then I can imagine that that is a very uh, a hard position to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, if you don't like some of the films, great. You go make one then. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that, you know, us as viewers have to like the film either. If we don't like it, hey, we didn't like it. But kudos for you for trying. Mm-hmm. Kudos for you getting it done mm-hmm. because it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was a well enough story that you were able to pitch it, sell it to producers. Sell it to actors to come and act mm-hmm. on your film and then and then put it all together. So, you know. That's a huge part that doesn't usually get spoken about too much, especially within certain genres, I would say, about uh, getting actors to actually buy in right. to the story that you're telling. Cause especially when you're talking about something like horror or like more intense thrillers. As if you're, it's common that actors that usually end up performing very well in these horror films are actors that usually don't like the genre to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to look at those that information as well. Speaking of speaking of actors, uh, science stars Mel Gibson as Graham, uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Meryl, Rory Culkin as Morgan, and Abigail Breslin as Bo. Uh, li- little little interesting note: uh, Mel Gibson was not the first choice. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the, originally, the character of Graham was uh, written for an older gentleman. And uh, Clint Eastwood turn, turned them down. <laughs> was it really for Clint Eastwood? Yeah, Clint Eastwood. And I thought I had written down the other name. Uh, I guess I didn't. Oh, there, there was one other name that was attached to it that okay. it, it um, just didn't work out. But Mel Gibson was his his choice as a as a kind of a as a different story where M Night Shyamalan felt like he would he was the type of person who would protect his family at all cost. Mm. Uh, and then, speaking of which, Joaquin Phoenix was not originally on the film. Oh, who was? So, who was already set to star in the film, believe it or not, is Mark Ruffalo. No. Yes. As that character? As Meryl. Ima- uh, just think about the thought of Meryl being played by anyone else than Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I can imagine it, though. Because I, I I enjoy Ruffalo as an actor very much. I feel a lot of uh, sympathy for his characters usually and empathy. Like he brings me in real fast and I feel with him. So I'm curious, which I mean, don't don't hate me for this, but I feel like I relate as an actor. I can relate and feel with Ruffalo more than I feel with Phoenix. Well, hey, the, if that works for you, that's great. Um <laughs> I'm not saying I want it to change, <laughs> but it, that's really intriguing. I, I think it just has to do with the fact that I'm so used to see. That's that's actually where I, besides Gladiator, was introduced to Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix, and and it just doesn't feel right if it's anybody else. But actually, uh, he had to pull out because uh, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, which ended up being benign, 
and uh, Joaquin Phoenix ended up being his replacement. Oh, I had no idea. That is that was that's an insane fact. Yeah. Uh, Rory Culkin, the last name, the, you, sounds familiar, right? Yeah, Culkin. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's his, that's his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Abigail Burslin. You, do you have do you recognize I, her from my other films? Oh, I remember watching her grow up and playing other roles in other films. I couldn't name any of them right now. One of your one of your favorite films. It has a sequel to it. My favorite film? One of your one of your favorite films. <gasps> I can't I don't know. What is it? Uh think of think of the state of think of a city in the state of Arkansas. And that's the character's name. I oh 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 uh, Zombieland yeah right okay yeah. yeah yeah she's so she plays such a badass too I love them so much. yeah just to, just to think though that you know we see her in Signs and then we see her a little bit older in Zombieland and then a little bit older than in Zombieland too mm-hmm. uh, was is uh is fun and yeah. it also makes me feel old but just she is such a phenomenal child actor like watching her in this film and how you can tell that someone taught her little things that she can do to help convey her emotions. Oh, yeah. So like things like quivering her lip or opening her mouth, like that just made it, it didn't matter what else was going on. I saw those small moments and I was like, brilliant. Look at her. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a, there's that great scene where she asked her, her, her dad, uh, grab for a glass of water and she smacks her lip <laughs> like <Yes>. I'm thirsty <laughs> and I was like oh I was like that's so great uh-huh. uh, so yeah um, just just one other interesting note I, I, and we're not going to spend too much time on this uh, three awards it won three awards and it was nominated for I think 34 wow. uh, so uh, which awards was it do you have that Saturn award or best science fiction film oh. um, the ASCAP award for top boxes film bo- top box office film mm-hmm. and the uh, bogey award uh, kind of something really somber about it is that they actually started filming this uh movie uh september 12 2001 so the day after 9-11 yeah the day really? after 9-11 they, they held a small vigil mm-hmm. for for the victims and then they got to work where was it filmed at uh pennsylvania wow. uh, um, he likes uh m night Shyamalan likes to keep it local likes mm-hmm. to keep it in in his home state mm-hmm. uh and then also Shyamalan's grandfather passed away that same day on the 11th on the 11th oh, yeah not related to the no attack. no okay. but they uh they got they still went right back right to work on the 12th and uh they started off filming everything that had to do with the accident mm-hmm. that that was this that was the film that that's, that, that's the recording. scene that they started with yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense with filming something um, in a more public area where you don't have complete control of the set is something that you can't change the schedule for really. Like you, no, you yeah, yeah, way too many people, yeah. <clears throat> especially with with the fact that they actually made practical, real crop circles, mm-hmm. and and they used the uh, the grounds of Delaware Valley College to grow corn and to to make the by hand uh, crop circles. But fun, fun thing about it is that the production team used a very unique irrigation method Mm -hmm. that then was actually added to the school's curriculum because they were so impressed. So there was a there was (laughs) a little bit of education that that uh, followed through. And uh, fun note about crop circles. uh, Ideally, around the world, crop circles usually actually appear in wheat fields, not Mm, corn. But because of the aesthetic of wanting to have that hidden factor. Mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan used corn. Yes, and the noises of the corn. Yes, that the, the cornfield. Mm-hmm. in the film. film yeah. uh, did you read anything about the uh, set 
the house and was it an actual house that they filmed in or did they film exterior shots at that location and then film in a set it was actually it was actually a empty house okay uh, um built just for the movie oh, it was built for yeah the it was, there was there's nothing inside of it 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 meant to it meant to represent um, uh, america as a as a just as a microchasm that's which is why it's also painted red white and blue it is mm-hmm. okay yeah cool. so that yeah that house does not exist <laughs> so then did they film in that empty house or did they film at a set somewhere the sets and then they do the exterior shots okay so they were at like a warehouse mm-hmm. location for the filming okay yeah because it was built just for that and then they were yeah. gonna just the exterior just for the shots mm-hmm. right probably helicopter shots <laughs> yeah I, I wonder yeah because it's, it's we're, we're talking 2001 so mm-hmm. i wonder how i'm not sure how practical drones were back then and there wasn't very many shots. yeah and you were saying if they built the house specifically for those scenes and had the uh the corn there and the crop circles for that specific time period they probably filmed there for a couple of days mm-hmm. to get those like, outside shots. And then they were able to go back to their location for the filming. Right. This is speculation right here. I didn't do research. <laughs> <That's all him. laughs> do you have any other details? Uh, I think that's it as far as details. But as we get into the trailer, right, because that's what we're here for, um, there, there is something you should know that I did keep from you as far as... Mm. Um, kind of the tone that he that M. Night Shyamalan was going for be because so these are his intentions his yes his with his the in, film or with the trailer with the film with the film okay. with the film okay. uh so uh w- what's interesting is that he was going for he's his inspiration for this is the, the classic uh the birds invasion of the body snatchers night of the living dead mm. and so he's looking for that kind of um thrills from like a spielberg or from like a um what what's another what's another name uh that i'm looking for hitchcock okay Um, so those intense moments very intense moments yeah that's what he's going for Mm -hmm. um so so he wanted to create an apocalyptic event Mm -hmm. but told from from the perspective of, of of a small group in a small town very very condensed very Mm -hmm. Uh, concentrated not mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't want the the, the entire world story oh, yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. he just wanted you to know it was happening mm-hmm. but we're going to tell it from the perspective of this one family and i think that was such a wise decision to make because mm-hmm. think about it, it could have easily turned into uh i don't want to say any name specifically but a film where you're jumping from region to region to oh, region yeah. and looking at mm-hmm. the chaos happening when then you get like kind of sensory overload as the viewer it's like I'm, when you do, or at least I feel whenever directors choose to do that and story writers t- try to do that, the emotional attachment that you have to the characters that have been developed, I feel like that kind of disintegrates in a way because now your attention and your feelings and your emotions are being pulled to stretch to such a broad group of people that the intensity that you felt with those initial, that, that small group that you were talking about, that emotion isn't as extreme anymore because yeah. you're it's conflicting with other emotions that you're supposed to feel right so yeah th- there's not enough time to mm-hmm. learn what the president's doing mm-hmm. what this guy's doing over here and what the cop over here is doing yeah Let, let's just focus on how how this alien event affected this one family yeah i love that Thanks. I'm glad you pointed that out because now that I think about it, I was able to feel more with the family 
like empathy specifically. Mm-hmm. I felt with them. I felt because of watching the TV. So I wasn't yeah. getting that information as like a separate character, but I was watching it through the TV as they were watching it through the TV, which made me react to it in a similar way that they did. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah. And you only knew as much as they do. Exactly. I love that so mm-hmm. much. It's basically like um, the type of film where it's like found, found footage films. Yeah. Where it, it was able to be a found footage film without having the shaky camera first mm-hmm. person thing. But it is without having the phone footage element, you're still having a very focused lens of information or scope of information. Yep. Absolutely. Nice. Okay. You ready to jump into the trailer? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So how many trailers came out for this film? You know what? I think it's the one. Just the one. I, I did not find another one. I, I didn't see any other either. I mean, well, I saw like shortened versions of it, but they weren't drastically modified from what we were using for this podcast. So Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Back back in 2002, what are we doing? Just We're not, we're not really using YouTube. You're just going to the movies for a trailer, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so that makes sense why there's only one. Mm-hmm. Or one that we were able to access anyways. Okay, so this trailer was... Did you have the time? Was it two minutes and 33 seconds? Two, two minutes, 23 seconds. 23. So let's jump into talking about what we think about the trailer as a whole. Uh, do you have any gut reactions you want to share? Or you want me to take it away? So the trailer itself, as, as the way it was shot... Well, the thing is, I do not like it when a trailer jumps f- quickly from, from picture to picture. Uh, and I felt science did that a lot. Mm. It was it so was picture to picture. Do you mean like scene to scene? Uh, it uh, yes, but it almost seems like it's picture to picture because it's so quick. Mm. It's flash this, flash this, flash that, mm-hmm. and and it's and it's like okay, well, so what what did I just see? What mm-hmm. what was this for? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I get that you you trying to be as ambiguous as possible at mm-hmm. the same time fill your cup with an, with like I said an amuse bouche that one bite of what you're gonna get for the whole film, but. Sometimes it just it kind of takes you out of it because you're you're kind of almost blinking because okay what what did I just see what did I yeah well if you and, blink you'll miss it yeah and and mm-hmm. then you end up missing something else because you're too busy trying to process the yeah. what you just saw beforehand mm-hmm. and I'll add to that one tactic that is used I think it was three times in this trailer is that element of showing a scene but then strobing in a black blank screen mm-hmm. a couple of times. So that it looks like it's flashing, which makes the moment look more intense. Yeah. But it did that on a image or a moment that is only there for two seconds. Right. So it's really intense. It's a switch and then the strobing and then to the next thing. And it's really quick. It's really quick. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that uh, that aspect, I I was kind of taken out uh, out of it a little bit. I didn't I didn't like that. Uh, I will say, though, that it does set up the film very, very well. It gives us almost extra information that we don't get in the film mm-hmm. in a way that you understand what's happening worldwide and that we're going to be focusing on this family. Mm-hmm. It even, um, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit um, later, but it even has a couple of extra moments you don't necessarily see in the film. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of complete that picture mm-hmm. of, of what else is going on. The weight of yes. the situation. The weight of the, yes. Yeah, the weight of the situation. Mm-hmm. Using, yeah. using, again, some of that news footage. There's a conversation with an army recruiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and at the time, you don't know that he's just a recruiter. He just looks like a military official right. and a well-awarded <laughs> military official mm-hmm. at that point in time. Yeah, so you, you, might, you might be 
bigger. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great use of misdirection in this case, mm-hmm. where it feels like you're going to get a broader story. Mm-hmm. And then you come in and it's a very, very focused mm-hmm focus story it's more simple yes a mm-hmm. lot simpler yeah and i feel like that's very similar to the moment that, well, like i was talking about just a moment ago but the two seconds that we see of them sitting at the dinner table together mm-hmm. and how it's i'm going to start comparing it to the film i don't want to do that yet but it, it's very intense like it's only there for two seconds but my emotional reaction to seeing that intense family interaction was like I said earlier, I felt it with them, you know, and so that is preparing me for a situation where family meant everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was just really well, did really well at setting us up for the film. Mm -hmm. And then when we got to see the film, it, it, it it was, it was a good lead, good hype man. (laughs) It's hard not to to start comparing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with you. Like you were saying earlier, it was very flashy, very quick. And it was a lot of information, but I feel like that was a strategy and I'm really anxious and curious to see it and to see more trailers, to see how often is that strategy used because it was sensory overload. Yeah. It was intense. I felt empathy and I also felt afraid because of how many times Mel Gibson said, don't be afraid in the trailer. (laughs) I think he said it three times within 20 seconds. Uh, And just, it was, it's just interesting to look at that. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was fairly solid. Mm -hmm. And then of course, let's talk about the, uh, where we see the title of the film signs. And then we have that wonderful moment where he's running through the cornfield. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. The whispering voices. Yeah, that that terrifying was, to hear, though, yes. right? Like mm-hmm. we'll get into the deep nitty gritty in a moment, <laughs> but just the the visual the visuals of seeing his profile and then hearing that. Yeah, I hate that so much. And then of course the the running that happens. The final screech also. Yeah, that that when you're in the theater, it's it, it's it's a like you said sensory overload. It's mm-hmm. loud. It's screeching, and mm-hmm. and you just saw this mm-hmm. foot. Yeah. And and so the Mel Gibson's Graham's reacting, the the trailer's reacting with the noise and mm-hmm. now you're reacting. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do also want to add that there was a couple of little silly moments shown in the trailer, like the whole uh tinfoil hats. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> seeing that it's silly. It's silly in that I feel like whenever a horror film, a scary film, suspenseful film causes their viewers to kind of go <laughs> like for a moment to relax, it helps relax your viewer in a way that makes them more vulnerable to the next scare that yes comes. and that i appreciate and applaud it every <laughs> time i see it because they know exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. and i fall for it every single time yeah th- and that's a that that's a scene that's even be used in a parody film uh, mm-hmm. scary movie three was highly influenced by signs really? which, which tells you what uh how, how much of an impact it has have you not seen scary movie three i've watched them all but it was when i was younger okay Sca- scary movie three takes takes signs as it's as it's as a skeleton to hold everything oh. together and then and okay. then it then it mixes in the ring and mixes in some of the other films but the base of it is is uh is going to be signs which is which is great because uh charlie charlie sheen is the one who plays the the quote-unquote oh, yes. graham character mm-hmm. and then blah 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 we can go on for a minute mm-hmm. uh, that's a whole other topic but yeah, definitely keeping in those almost Hershey kisses like hats. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> when he walks it after showering, he just goes, oh. <laughs> and yeah. then it cuts to the next <laughs> thing in the trailer. But it's just, it's cute. Yeah. 
All right. So now let's start comparing it to the film. All right. Okay. So there's two shots, two moments in the trailer that are not in the full film. Mm -hmm. And one of them is kind of, we were kind of touching on it a little bit ago, but it was the night vision footage of military people looking like they're preparing for battle of some kind. Mm -hmm. And that is not in the film. Correct. It's not in the film. No. And then the other one, which is kind of a minor thing, it's the, there is a shot is probably two seconds long, but Meryl is saying what can make uh, crop circles the size of a football field. And Mm -hmm. it shows um, Graham in the background, but that's not in the film. No. No. So it's just two little things like that that are not in the film. No, but but I think that the military scene was it was necessary for the trailer, mm-hmm. just to kind of complete the complete the picture, mm-hmm. because then as an as a as a viewer while you're watching the film and you're watching the the news footage as it goes along, you, you don't need it anymore because you already have that image in your head, you you know it's happening, mm-hmm. it's just not happening there because they're isolated because they're on a farm, mm-hmm. but it's happening, it's happening in Mexico mm-hmm. or in, in every other place that 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 you see it in. And 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 so it 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 was, it was well placed. Mm-hmm. And kind of so when I think of that military moment in the trailer, I think that that also implies like an element of danger that yeah. I think wasn't fully implied in the film until much later on in the film. Like I remember them talking about poisonous gas, of course, and um, you hear about people dying after the fact, but there's no talk about extreme danger happening but we hear a lot about fear. Yeah. Because actually we're questioning whether or not they're hostile until the last 30 minutes of the film. Yeah, they, I mean they're 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 isolated in a small town, so things maybe aren't going to move as fast for them. Mm-hmm. And as newscasters, you only have as much news as you're given. I mean, you and I questioned some of the final moments though when when news was probably they probably knew certain things, especially what? about the water. <laughs> like, you know, the the fact that the newscaster said uh, they have found a primitive me- way of of eliminating them. It's it's like, can you just say they poured water on them? <laughs> <laughs> Fire like trucks. Easier. Yeah, <laughs> you <say>. know. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, but o- overall, it 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 did it does does its job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you see any discrepancies that really stood out to you uh, when you watched the film after taking a closer look at the trailer? Not 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 real discrepancies. Uh, to say the least, it was it was it was stitched well. Mm-hmm. I thought I I liked particularly the scene with uh, with Bo and Graham where where he wakes her up for where he we're sorry she wakes him up for a glass of water mm-hmm. and the way that was cleverly stitched to to kind of convey a, you know a a moment mm-hmm. and and I and without giving anything away you, you know how how tense that situation was going to yes. end but you also don't know the conversation that happened and what he saw outside the window yes and, mm-hmm. and that that leads to a, just a, a better moment and even a light-hearted part in, mm-hmm. in the film mm-hmm. so uh, i i thought i really liked that 
I totally agree with you. And the thing is, there's multiple elements like that in the trailer. So Mm -hmm. the one you talked about is the water with Bo. Super cute, of course, because she's adorable. Right. And Mm -hmm. that moment, it was stitched together where it showed you just enough where it was implied that something was going on. Another moment like that was him grabbing the knife in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And that whole situation, it's implying he's in a room. We don't know which room it is. Later on, we find out it's not even his own house, but it's implying, hey, something happened. And then we also have the moment uh, when the officer comes and first sees the crop circle. There's a conversation about who they think it's going to be and, oh, the dogs are becoming more violent and this is happening and this is happening. But the in the trailer, we get we know that a conversation happens. We know that dogs are referenced, but the actual conversation in the film is much, much longer. Right. And we, and we get to see the shot of the dog being aggressive. Yes. Which, which, uh, in you know, natural history, we know that animals are able to sometimes sense things a lot quicker than than mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. which is why we have guard dogs and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. There was one discrepancy that I saw, and I know we both we pointed it out to each other, and it was when they go to see the recruitment officer, uh, mm-hmm. and it's cut together to show that. M- well, it's cut together. It shows the recruitment officer and it shows Mel Gibson as Graham and then it shows Meryl. Uh, and it's cut to make it look like they're in the same room. But if you look at the background and you watch the film, they're not on the same setting. They're not in no. the same room. No. Yeah. So it's interesting to think that it was edited to show these two main male characters talking to a military official of some in the, yeah, in the, same in the trailer because it makes it seem drastic and then 20 seconds later we're seeing that night vision military yeah. footage as well so it really weighed in on like this is really intense uh so th- i think to draw people in a little bit more yeah and, and like i've mentioned before n- now you understand the severity of it but but you you can find a lot more empathy in the characters now because you're scared for them mm-hmm. you see how kind of the simple living that they're that they're living He's dealing with the loss of his wife, mm-hmm. and and although they don't say it head on, you kind of you kind of get the feeling that that's what's going on. Did you get that feeling in the trailer? No, not in the trailer. Oh, not okay, at all. yeah, I no. did not get any <laughs> no, but, feeling of that. In the but trailer. as a, as the story begins and you kind of learn a little bit more, mm-hmm. you, I mean, it's I mean, they're it's it's the dad, the the his brother and the two kids. So obviously and it, something happened. And it's a uh, it's a a, a faith a, a pastor a minister mm-hmm. that abandoned his faith yeah. more importantly <laughs> and that's developed within the first 10 minutes of the film when the officer is out there and he says please don't call me father it's like so something's happened to this guy mm-hmm. that caused that and I actually wanted to highlight you know talking about character development and that story I don't feel like the tra- the trailer did not show any character development for me no it was all plot development no it, it wasn't even plot it was situation yeah it set you up mm-hmm. this is this is where we're going to drop you in with this family mm-hmm. this is what's going on Mm-hmm. let's go and i appreciate that so oh much. yeah 100 percent. is I, i'm i'm sure it'll come up in other episodes for this but i hate watching trailers i absolutely hate it because they give away too much i know too much and it makes me not want to watch the film when i know everything that's going to happen so watching this trailer for signs and not having everything given to me makes me so happy yeah well i mean m night m night Shyamalan had like we talked about he had two two uh blockbusters under his belt already mm-hmm. so you you have your your audience that trusts you mm-hmm. so here this is what we're doing now here's here's the world we're going to drop you in these are the characters they're in danger they're scared 
and and there's aliens. That's mm-hmm. what you need to know. Yeah, that's all you that's need. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 see it too many times now nowadays where they feel like they got to give you so much extra mm-hmm. because there it just shows you know no confidence in the product that they have or in their viewers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But with something like this, it, it was M Night Shyamalan signs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just on that alone, you're okay. like. There was a flashback in this film. Was there? Which we won't have to talk about it yet. Uh, at the end, when when they're like escaping the house and whatnot, uh, there's a flashback to when they were sitting on the couch and having the conversation about which kind of person are you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's a short one, but it was there. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want flashbacks. I was paying attention. Uh, so I have two more comments. Uh, one, I just want to talk about the pharmacy scene because it drove me crazy. <laughs> the uh, audio, or really it was the footage from the pharmacy scene in the trailer is a different shot than what they ended up, actually ended up using in the film. Right. Uh, very different. And then uh, the other thing is, because we talked about it, how it's just giving us little glimpses, and I just want to highlight that the, the baby monitor. Mm-hmm. which played a huge role in the film. We had two seconds of seeing that in the trailer, and then we got to actually learn about what purpose that actually played in the yeah. film, which was satisfying. You know, the the baby monitor is one of the most terrifying parts of it. I remember when Science came out on DVD, I had it. Uh, I don't know if you had the DVD, but when you you know how you turn on a DVD, it has that home screen? Mm-hmm. The home screen was the baby monitor, and it would be like... And yeah. No. Yeah, it was it was horrific. It was amazing. I loved it so oh much. Yeah, but but uh, now, really talking more about what happened in the trailer with the pharmacy scene, mm-hmm. I, I appreciated the switch because mm-hmm. it was a lot more intense in the trailer. The way she said those words, mm-hmm. and then the way that it ended up being was a little bit more teenager like. Yes. A little bit like like more. Mm-hmm. This is exactly kind of how she would actually react. Mm-hmm. Not so dramatic as it was in the Absolutely. trailer, but it served its purpose too. Well, I think we look at pharmacists as people who are educated in society, right? Right. Then they, they know what they're talking about. And in the trailer, the from the way the shot itself was, it made her look like somewhat, I don't want to say an authority figure because she's not an officer. She's not the military guy. But there's this educated individual that's saying there's bad stuff happening out there and it's serious. But in the film, we have, I need to confess. And she's yeah. crying. <laughs> and then the angles also from the camera is up and looking down at her, which implies that she is younger and subordinate and not a superior in any way, which kind of made her character more weak. But in the trailer, it was like, oh. But I mean, it, it says something also about the setting. Oh, They're yeah. in a rural town. Because this girl right here is your pharmacist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, she, you ain't got options. Who's going to help you? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys don't have anyone to help you. Right. You're kind of on your own, which set up the last 40 minutes of the film quite mm-hmm. well. And that's another thing. I think it was the last 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the film. Are, there's nothing from it included in the trailer, which made me very happy once oh, yeah. I realized that. Absolutely. Yeah. Let it all let it all develop and here's your payoff. Here's, here's, what we're, here's where it all... Where it all comes down to, and mm-hmm. my, just e- even even using well, they set up signs, the crop circles, and then signs as a metaphor for the family, mm-hmm. for their faith. Mm-hmm. I, it was it was stitched in so well; it wasn't mm-hmm. forced. I, I think that that's really the the, the quote unquote magic of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is, is they're able to take this very very personal story of of this family, mm-hmm. and at the same time use it 
with this big story mm-hmm. going on around the world. So it 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 uh, it did it did really well. I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And one thing before we start giving our scores, I do not recall the character of Graham saying "Don't be afraid" ever in the film. He says it three times in the trailer, though. Tell me if I'm wrong. I you know what I I, I don't remember him saying it either. Saying it. Yeah, so. uh, one one fun fact about uh, about it is okay. the stories Graham tells about his kids oh. being born. Mm-hmm. Those are the stories of M Night Shyamalan's kids being no. born. Yeah. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> that. that. That's actually, that's actually oh. a story of, his, of uh, the way his kids were born. And uh, Shyamalan had a significant cameo in this film as well. We did. Critical to the plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess who didn't know about it? Who? Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> Not until they were filming. He, <laughs> like, he, wait, found, he found out that he, w- that he was going to be playing with him. Wow. So, you know, you know, what's funny about uh, Signs is that this is actually Mel Gibson's biggest blockbuster. You know, I was going to keep from going into that too much in depth, but that's interesting to hear. Well, I mean, he did Lethal Weapon. He did. You know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. He had some movies under his belt, which you'd mm-hmm. think were more successful. And he had some scandal. Yeah. In his life. <laughs> but si- Signs was the one uh, Signs is the one for him, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Well, it's a great film. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we are going to give some scores to kind of help us organize how we feel about these different trailers that we are watching and kind of keep us in check when it comes to how we're talking about these different films uh so the first category is production quality it's kind of what we're looking at and that's just looking at the cohesiveness the flow the overall appeal of this trailer and is it captivating basically Mm -hmm. just your gut reactions to it uh another category that we're looking at is the integrity so is this trailer an accurate representation of the film is it representing what you're going to be experiencing when you watch the film and then the last thing that we're looking at is how much does it reveal, the reveal score. And that's looking at uh, how much was revealed and was it too much or was it not enough or did, were you properly prepared for the film that you were going to watch? So first, let's look at uh, uh, the production quality. And we're scoring these separately and we're sharing them with each other for the first time right now. Yeah, yes, we are. Okay, I'm extremely nervous that I gave too high of a score. So. What did you give this? What did you give For the production, production quality? quality? I gave him a four. A four. Mm-hmm. What'd you give? I gave it a three. Okay, I thought you would, especially yeah. because you don't like the flashy as much. No. Okay, and I'm on the side of that was an effective use of imagery. You had two seconds to tell me something. Good job. Yeah, but I, I don't like it. It it it, it um it it. Yes, it's a trailer, and it's you're only supposed to show certain like certain things really quick. But just just focus on a couple of things that you were already doing fine in the trailer, mm-hmm. instead of having to flash all these scenes at me. I feel like I'm gonna be editing that what you just said out of this and into future podcasts just to <laughs> against you because I know there's some trailers that you like where that's all it is and you love it. So that's interesting. Well, for this film particularly, okay. I didn't like it. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is it? A, yeah, I, I get it. All right, so. I gave it four, you gave it three. Hmm. Integrity. Is it an accurate representation of the film? You go first this time. I gave it five. I gave it a four. I, I, I had to. There it's it's a it's a trailer that accurately sets you up mm-hmm. for for what you're gonna see and even using some imagery, some sounds that you're not gonna see in the <gasps> film. We didn't even talk about 
the voice in the trailer and how it's not a voice in the movie. Right. No, we did not. Mm-hmm. And, and and that actually I appreciated. So okay. some of the things because it was a little bit of a bait and switch, yes, but it it set you up. It, well, hearing it, a voice is a little bit more scary than hearing a sound. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but once you're but once you're in it once you're in that theater mm-hmm. or home theater system, whatever you have, mm-hmm. and you're in that cornfield and that wind is whistling mm-hmm. and then you hear that clicking. That's it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. But I don't think it has the same effect in a trailer. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, and and just because of the fact that they added in a couple of other images where you got the scope of 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 what they're coming up against, I really appreciated it. And then you didn't have to necessarily touch on it too much in the film. And then if you didn't see it, you didn't really miss out on anything. It was just mm-hmm. a little bit of extra flavor. Mm-hmm. And you can always use a little bit more flavor. Always, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, and I gave it a four because just very objective, they had information in the in the trailer that wasn't in the film. Oh, that's that's what I like. That's the opposite of yeah. Yeah. So I understand that you liked it, but for the sake of the score, when looking specifically at is it an accurate representation of what you're going to see? I don't think that was accurate. I I feel like it set you up for what you were going to see. Like here's a little bit more. And it is, it is an accurate representation of what's going on in the world as 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 they're okay. traveling through it. That's that's my reason. But you you, you make a very yeah. it's a very I'm I'm trying to stay point. unbiased. Yeah. You know, and so the way I feel about it isn't as critical as what it actually shows. But reveal score, how much did they reveal? That I think is a biased kind of score that you can have. <laughs> uh, because we kind of talked about it when we were looking at the difference between the trailer and the film is just how much is revealed in the trailer and does it properly prepare you for mm-hmm. what you're seeing in the film. And was it too much? Was it not enough? Did you wish for more? Were those two seconds of them hugging at the dinner tra- table enough? Unnecessary? Necessary? I'll give my score first. Okay. I gave him a five. What'd you give them? I had to give it a five. Yeah. It's that's so good. It's 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 a good trailer. Mm-hmm. And... and and you compare it to, I can put it up against ten other trailers and show you exactly why this was better than the other ones. Mm-hmm. They they just they just did it better, mm-hmm. and I think it also has to do with the fact that they probably knew they were getting one trailer. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, you had to it. you had to put in you know the right amount of information in it for mm-hmm. you to enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. So you know I'm curious. I'm really focusing on on the uh, the marketing for old now because of that. Because it's an M. Night Shyamalan film and it mm-hmm. kind of takes him back to that type of film that he likes to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, we even watched the trailer for it recently. And and, mm-hmm. we're, and the visit. The, the visit, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I, I had no choice. Give it a five be, mm-hmm. because it, it just, it had, did it have moments? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was just the flavor of the moments, not the entire course. Mm-hmm. It was a taste. Exactly. It does it, it, does it well. It, it did not. Mm-hmm. It, it, I didn't watch the film and go, I already saw that. 
Or like they gave away all the good moments of yeah. the film. They mm-hmm. hinted at, hey, this is going to be a moment. But then when the moment actually came, it was all new information for me. Right. It was very much enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And pro- coming from the perspective of someone who does not like trailers, <laughs> I was very surprised once I actually sat and got to analyze it like this because I feel like I was done right. Yeah. <laughs> As a viewer, I was treated how I should have been treated so that I was properly prepared, like we were talking about, to enjoy this film. It's a good trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and I also hope to someday compare the visit to uh, this film, Signs, and then also old look at those trailers. Because I feel like there's similar aesthetics that, and like things that are done that are the same thing. In yeah. Each one. The, the Village is another one. It does the same thing. Yes. That's, that was the other one that I was mm-hmm. thinking of. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So we both ended up giving it a score of 13. That works. Total score of 13. Uh, it's kind of funny. How <laughs> <laughs> for for uh, different reasons, but we came to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all in, all in all, would you say that this is trailer trash or trailer treasure? No, well, obviously this is treasure. treasure. This is, yes, I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. And I'm very eager to jump onto the next one. I hope we can watch a trailer that's horrible next. <laughs> oh, I got a few of them. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a treat. We'll get better at signs off as we go. Yeah. Until then, mic drop. Out of here. Adios. Bye. (laughs) Bye.